Hi everyone, welcome to a Keating Chambers discussion of Roots to the Bar. This is going out as both a video recording and a podcast, so this is a warning to my lovely colleagues not to start clipping your nose hair or misbehave in any other way, thinking that you're off camera. I am Lucy Garrett, QC, Head of the Pupils Committee in Chambers. I took Silk in 2018, so I am definitely still young and dynamic, and I'm going to get everyone else to introduce themselves one by one, starting with you, Paul. Uh, so I'm Paul Buckingham. I was called in 1995. I'm Tom Lazar. I was called in 2005. And I am Ben Serene, and I was called in 2008. Was that was that like, I am Iron Man? Is that what you're going no, for? No, I'm Ben Serene. He's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good start. Um, so all of you have had um, interesting and different reach to the bar with a career in something else, first of all. So I'm going to start off by asking everyone to tell um, the listeners and watchers um, what your first career was and why you got into that first. And I'll start with you, Lars, first. Uh, well, I I thought I always thought I was going to be an investment banker because I was quite good at numbers, thought that was the way I was going to go and did a, an internship for a summer and realised that it was utterly horrendous, didn't like any of the people uh, that I was working with. Um, uh, so while I was there, I thought, uh, actually, rather than sort of being part of a machine, maybe I could um, consult on on the machine of business and become a strategy consultant, because that seemed quite good. It seemed like something I might be able to be quite good at, and ended up becoming a strategy consultant. And I signed my soul over. I think they still have my soul somewhere in, in America in their soul vaults. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and worked for a little over two years. Um, uh, I'll, I'll describe some of that a little bit later, maybe. But but yeah, so I was a strategy consultant before before deciding to change to the bar. And what about you, Paul? Um, yeah, well, my, my route's a bit more mundane and a bit more sort of linked to construction. So uh, my A-levels are in mass physics and chemistry. So perhaps unsurprisingly, with that scientific background, I went into engineering and read chemical engineering at Birmingham University. And when I graduated, I joined uh, the oil company BP. And then I spent eight years with BP as a chemical engineer. So I started off at the head office in London, and then I went up to BP Chemicals at Grangemouth, and worked on a plant that made something called 4-methylpent-1-ene. Oh, yeah. um, and for those of you, I can see Ben well, well, picks well. it up straight yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, so you'll all know that that's a co-monomer used for the production of linear low-density polyethylene. And then from there, I went further north up to the Sullivan oil terminal and spent some time up there on the Shetland Isles. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, it's um, Shetland Isles, most northerly point in um, the UK. Did it so, rain all the time? Uh, it rains a lot and it's very, very, very windy. So mm. um, all your car doors have something called Shetland door, because if you don't hold on to it and you open the door, it blows 180 degrees. Back <laughs> <laughs> so then after uh, Salonvo, I moved down to BP Chemicals at Hull. I spent two years there commissioning an acetic acid plant. And then when I finished there, I ended up back at the BP head office in London and spent a few more years there. So in total, I had sort of eight years with BP as a sort of full-on engineer commissioning and building things. All right. Yeah. Wow. And and just because I know it's going to be um, mostly candidates or people who's listening, I think it's worth pointing out here that um, although Paul does have a very sciencey, techie background, um, directly relevant to the kind of cases we do, I don't think anyone else on this call does. I did arts A-levels and an English literature degree. 
just what did you do, Tom? History degree. History degree. What about you, Ben? Philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that proves that you don't need to have a science background to be uh, at Keating Chambers. Ben, you were just what? What was your first career? Um, I'm a recovering advertising executive. I worked in advertising for seven, nearly eight years, starting as a graduate trainee uh, and worked for a couple of agencies in London making TV, print, radio, poster ad campaigns for mainly beer brands, Heineken, Stella Artois, and, um, and margarine brands, actually. Quite a lot of flora. I was involved in the European launch of Flora Proactive. Oh, my goodness, it's just so forgotten. We'll all have forgotten because Benicol really won that market. Benicol? Uh, Who the hell is that? Sorry? Benicol? Benicol? You clearly don't have high cholesterol, Lucy, or you'd know what Benicol was. Proven to reduce your cholesterol if eaten daily as part of a balanced diet. Right, right. Noted, noted. Apparently. Am I meant to say why I did that? Yes, do, do. I can't really. Um, I was, I think I was young and foolish um, and thought it would be fun. Um, <laughs> and that's about it, really. Um, okay, so then I'm going to do what made everyone start thinking about the bar instead. Um, and I think I'll start with Paul. Uh, yeah, so mine's not going to be as interesting as Ben and Tom. So when I when I came back to BP, uh, back to that office in London, um, I worked on various different projects there, and I spent some time in the um, patents group at BP Chemicals because they had a licensed polyethylene process. So I got exposed to the patent um, intellectual property side, which was quite interesting. And then I also got involved in uh, putting oil in a shared pipeline, and there were some uh, contractual issues on that pipeline as well. And the more I looked at the law, that seemed more interesting than the engineering. So um, ultimately, then I decided to requalify as a lawyer. And the two areas I was looking at were intellectual property and construction law, because they fitted in with what I'd be doing at BP and the areas that uh, I've been exposed to. So that's how I sort of got into and decided to move into law. And, and, and how, did you, how did you find the process of moving, moving over? Yeah, but well, because I've been working for eight years, theoretically, I had sort of a sensible job that was quite well paid and, you know, had a mortgage and a house and all that sort of thing. So the biggest change for me was going back to university to spend a year full time doing the GDL at school, the CPE in my day, and then a year on the bar course. But to be honest, having, I think, if, if I go back to my first degree, when I first went to university, I probably didn't know where the library was or go to many lectures. Having worked for eight years and being used to sort of actually working nine till five, the, the it was much easier because I literally went from nine till five into the lectures or into the library to work. So in fact, that wasn't as big a task as I thought it might have been. Uh, interesting. Uh, what about you, Tom? Uh, well, if I hated investment banking, I hated uh, strategy consultancy even more. <laughs> so is, this, is this really your third career, in fact? Uh, well, you can't no, really count the internship, I don't, I don't <laughs> think. But, um, it, was, it was an important stepping stone to get me to where I am. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, they, took, they not only took my soul, they then started taking pounds of flesh off me through the, through the few years. They, they really, I mean, the, the hours working in that industry were unlike anything I've ever had to do at the bar and you're not particularly well paid for it as well um and i i felt really that it was a con i, th I thought they they go on these milk rounds around universities tell, tell you 
um, come and join us in this magical um, American firm. It's all going to be absolutely wonderful. You're going to give, be given so much responsibility, but then you're just worked like a dog for um, for, for years, uh, climbing the greasy pole, as I think they describe it. So I was thinking, this this isn't really for me. I don't seem to like anybody or any industry. What on earth is going to happen? And the um, my girlfriend at the time was finishing a law degree at Bristol and said that she'd just done a thing called a mini pupillage where the job she, that she described to me of a barrister was you go into chambers, you're self-employed, you get given a bundle of papers neatly tied up with ribbon, you get to sit down nicely with your cup of coffee, you open it up, you flick through the papers, you tell your client what you think, and if they like it, you get to argue in court the opinion that you've just, just given. And I told her, there is no job in the world like that. They are lying to you. And then I started researching it and realised that, no, it, it wasn't it a job did. like that. It, it actually exists. And from, from the moment that I realised there was this job, I was thinking, this is great. It's self-employed, so I don't have to work for anyone. Um, so that, that suits me really well. Early responsibility. And, and, and I, I just sort of didn't look back after that. And, and um, you know, now you're in chambers and you love everyone. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, ben, thinking about the bar, what, what started it off? So a very long time ago, um, it, I had sort of positive and negative reasons. And some negative reasons were I was becoming disillusioned with advertising and what I was doing, because mainly because the bits I enjoyed most, which was spending a lot of money making long TV adverts, was becoming less and less feasible because someone had invented the internet and everyone decided to put adverts on the internet rather than on telly. So all the money was falling out of the market. Um, but then it, it turned out that one of the bits of the job I enjoyed most was persuading the advertising authorities that the commercials we wanted to shoot, particularly for Stella Artois, which often involved um, Germans shooting down planes or people pulling guns on priests, um, was persuading them that this was a suitable way of selling beer to the masses and wasn't in any way in breach of the letter or spirit of the advertising code. Um, and I just enjoyed that so much that I thought maybe I could find a career where you're persuading people on a one-to-one on -a -one basis rather than a, a one-to-thousands or millions basis. So there was that. And then at the same time, rather like Tom, I had numerous friends who were barristers and we'd all meet in the pub and moan about our jobs. And, and I thought that if I had their problems, I'd be very happy. So <laughs> those were my reasons. Um, yeah, great, great reasons. So um, it's not easy to get pupillage, and all of you were starting from an uh, you know an unusual position. What did you navigate that? What what sort of things did you put on your application forms? How what was your strategy? Well, I I felt that I actually felt that having a previous career was a was a real advantage. Um, and I, I never I never thought I think once I'd made the decision, I mean, Paul, you know, alluded to the fact it's obviously a massive financial commitment to suddenly stop your life as it's going along. I mean, even harder but for the other guys who've been working for the best part of a decade. I've been doing it for a couple of years, but I've still had just bought a flat with a meager deposit I'd be able to uh, pull together. Um, so the amount of borrowing that I had to sort of invest in myself if you see what I mean to to go through the process was pretty frightening but then when it came to the application process I did feel like having an extra string to my bow you know past experience 
was going to help me stand out from the crowd of people, even the sort of, so I, I went to Bristol University. I was aware that I'd be uh, competing against Oxbridge graduates and all the rest of it. And I wanted, I knew I would have to stand out a little bit more. And I thought that experience was, was a really good one. And I think it's also my, my life experience was that you, you need to a certain extent to have gone through the process of working and have sort of have, have yourself go through the process of understanding what it's like to work on a day-to-day basis from nine to five or whatever it is, as Paul was saying, because then when you sit down and you actually go through the pupillage process, both the application and all the rest of it, you, you can apply yourself a bit more professionally than maybe some of those who are coming straight out of university. So I thought, I, I, I always felt that I was coming to the game, if you want to describe it like that, um, with uh, a lot of advantages. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Ben, did you have the same experience? Did, did you deploy any particular um, skills you'd learned in advertising that you said were transferable? Did you did you did you rely on them? I mean, in your application forms. Well, and that other thing? than honesty, reliability, um, that's not necessarily. No, I, I I did on my better days. I thought in a along similar lines to Tom, thinking you know experience of the real world and working can only be an advantage. Um, I also was concerned though that advertising wouldn't be seen as a serious or respectable background for someone wanting to come to the law. Um, in a way that, you know, people may have some sympathy with. So that was what I was concerned when I was making my applications to demonstrate that that wasn't the case. So I remember that um, in my interview at Keating Chambers where I think the second round interview where we were asked to give a 10-minute presentation or a talk on on a non-legal subject of our choice, I deliberately chose something really um, technical and scientific um, it, with the aim of demonstrating I wasn't just all about, you know, soft focus and big landscapes. What was your topic? Um, <laughs> my topic was um, how and why motorbikes go round corners. Oh, yes, I wasn't in that interview panel, but I have no, I have, yes. I have, heard about it. Um, but I just, I want to just sort of, wanted you to say the topic because, um, again, candidates listening, he didn't do a, he didn't do a technical topic on anything to do with anything we do at Keating. No. Um, it was technical in no. the sense, I think it was about physics, was it? Yeah, it was, because I mean, I'd read about it, so it just, it was so surprising. I mean, even though I wrote, I mean, I ride motorbikes and I rode them then, but you do it um, instinctively. And what I'd never realised was that in order to turn left on a motorbike when travelling at speed, you need to turn the front wheel to the right, which is... Okay, I, I don't actually believe that, but I didn't hear the submission. And that's the gyroscope. Everyone knows that. Paul, how did you sort of deploy your your skills in a way that helped you get pupillage? Did you come straight to Keating? I don't I don't even know the answer to this. Yeah, I did. So, um, uh, yeah, it was people at Keating. So uh, in some ways, compared to, to Ben and Tom, I had a much narrower field. So yeah, that meant it was easier to apply. I applied only to intellectual property and construction sets. And therefore, it was easier for me to justify why, because I've been involved in some intellectual property work, the scientific background or involved in construction disputes. Of course, the converse of that is there are only a very limited number of construction and IP sets. And in fact, whereas I think if you've done a more general first uh, career, 
you can apply to lots of different sets and general common law and banking and probably cast a wide net. I could only cast a very narrow net. But you must um, have had to, you must have, those sets must have been said. Well, I mean, we always say this to candidates who are thinking of coming to Keating who've already got a career in construction, that obviously Keating's looking for great lawyers. So you must have had to persuade Keating that that you were able to do that as a lawyer, not just as an engineer. Yeah, I, I do remember that was one of the questions at my interview. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, I think there's always a slight suspicion that engineers coming to uh, construction law will use too much engineering knowledge. And I remember that I was asked about that and the extent to which I thought there was an overlap between the law and engineering and with the engineering sort of interfere with the law. But um, as, as Ben and Tom said, the, the engineering knowledge you need in construction law, you can acquire quite quickly and there's sort of certain principles that you need to know, but you don't have to have engineering background for that. I mean, the sort of cases I now do are quite technical and specialised, but that's not everyone in chambers. But um, yeah. really, because of my background, I prefer doing those, but that, that's not necessarily the same for everyone else in chambers. No, I mean, I love the really techie ones, but I agree, not everyone not everyone does exactly the same the same kind of stuff. And, it, you know, it was a real revelation to me when I started doing construction when I was doing my pupillage, not at Keating, but somewhere else, that there was this um, cool science area, area of work that I really, really enjoyed and got into, having spent my entire academic life thinking that I was an arts graduate and only really interested in reading poetry and um, talking about Shakespeare. Um, so it was, a, it, was, it was a joy to find, actually. Um, and so, Paul, was it the right decision, changing over? And if um, so, why? <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. So, I'm uh, yes, I've been now working as a construction lawyer for 25 years, which is a worryingly long <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that the main difference, I've, I've still got friends at BP um, who stayed there for the whole of their career. And the difference between sort of where they got to and I got to is, as they became more senior and got older, they moved away from their core engineering knowledge. So they would uh, effectively run resources. They would manage teams of people, manage budgets, and do less and less engineering. Whereas the work I still do every day is, is very similar to the work I started doing when I first qualified, which is reading papers, applying law to the facts, analysing cases, analysing the facts, probing the evidence the value is different and the complexity and the size of the cases are bigger, but they're still the same core principles. So each day I'm still using the same skills and that's what I quite like. It's the same intellectual challenge each day, each week, which you yeah. use pretty much throughout your whole career. And hopefully I yeah. still will. So I think that that's the difference and that's why I enjoy it because it keeps me motivated. You open a set of papers thinking, right, how do I tackle this? How does it yeah. work? What are the defences? It's... um. Yeah, so it's a bit like a game of chess in some respects, and you're you're constantly preempting what's going to happen many moves further further down the line. Yeah, I wish it was as um, I wish it was as cool as the Queen's Gambit, that cool program that's just been all about chess. You've seen it; it's excellent. Um, it's got really good outfits. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Paul's like, no, it's it's a margarine moment for you. Um, Laz, uh, right decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's uh, exactly as Paul said. As I mean, when I discovered that there was this thing called the bar and you could be a barrister, um, 
what was described to me is exactly the way it's panned out and and every single new case there's there's nothing better than the start of a new case and learning the facts about it, learning the particular problems because you haven't had time to mess it up yet um but but it's it's absolutely wonderful it, i mean it's it's frightening at times you know you are self-employed you're exposed you're given an incredible amount of responsibility from a very early level of call and you do sometimes wonder in your first couple of years oh my god it's me arguing in front of a high court judge about this and it's the well, advice I I've given. I mean, it's horrendous and it ratchets yeah. it up you know you know as, as Paul Paul's you know Paul was in the Supreme Court um arguing the <laughs> arguing points I mean how it, it it's it's exhilarating it's it's nerve-wracking it's completely and utterly wonderful we moan about it all the time um but if you're in any doubt at all just just go for it I mean I, I remember I sat down with my brother when I was trying to work out whether or not I should leave and and do it and I, I described to him the sort of ordeals that I was going through and he just said well you know you're relatively young you'll always regret it if you don't try at least try you know it's worked out for me but you know if it hadn't have, have done it, it would have been okay you know, we got through it, but I'd be looking back thinking, you know, I tried. Um, and, and for various strange reasons, I should actually say that I work in the building that Keating Chambers is in. Of so course my, you did. I always forget this. So my first interview, I walked in and I said, well, actually, I've been working here for two years. You've just taken over the lease. So can I just stay with the building? <laughs> does that does that work? Um, <laughs> and, and they said yes. Um, ben. Is it the right decision? Yes, absolutely. Um, really for pretty much the same reasons that Paul and Tom have said, in that it's, I just like the work because it's it's in equal parts creative and analytical. Um, and I, I think I have a sort of split, a split, not personality, um, but I enjoy both aspects of that, those kinds of thought equally. So I enjoy the analysis of working out well, first of all, working out what the hell happened, which we spend a lot of time doing, then working out what the law's got to do with that, and then the creative side of joining the two together in a way that works for your client. Um, yeah. And it's, and, you know, every case is different, every challenge, every question, it's, it's always different. Um, yeah. And I really enjoy that. I, I massively disagree with Tom, though, about there being nothing better than a new case. Because... That's the worst bit for me, because you get the new case, and oftentimes the work we do, it, it's a big, complicated case. And for the first days, weeks, sometimes even months, you're just trying to get your head around the facts. And, and I don't particularly like that process, because <laughs> it's hard work with little reward. But once you've got your head around the facts, that's when I really enjoy it, because it's at that point you can start to um, you know, be analytical and creative about what you're going to do with it. You need a critical mass of knowledge, don't you, to really... You do, yeah. It's like uh, getting that in your head is it's a bit like trying to get fit. It's like, it just it feels is, awful. It's like and then that. suddenly, and yeah. suddenly you're there and it becomes but the, great. But the great part of it is that because solicitors have to manage the client, the clients has to manage their day job, nobody... We are the first people very often to sit down and go through that process. So, yeah. so once you've been through it, once you've got this critical mass of knowledge... You sit down in the, in the room and, and very quickly in the process, you know more than anybody else. 
about yeah. the coach because you've been given the time and the opportunity to look through the whole of the contract, all of the facts that have been prepared, identify all of the problems. And very quickly, you know, which is why ultimately you end up running the strategy of the case and, and dictating it all because you are the one that ha- is the fountain of all, well, not the you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, Ben is bowing. Um, the um, I, I yeah, I, I think that that's that's right, isn't it? And and there's something really um, someone said exhilarating about the you, you, what you do with that knowledge and with your legal knowledge and the way you're analysing the cases. You do you do two things. You do an inward facing thing where you advise the client in a very objective and independent way and say here are your risks and here are the problems then you turn around the same day and do the the, do the the pitch um where you say actually this is how it is this is the right answer um it's really fun i think um okay well i think that's it um thank you very much for um joining me and thank you for listening everybody and watching see you bye-bye thank you